0: Hi, this is Terry Dismore, and you're listening to the Quiz the Diz podcast. Terry brings years of experience in consulting, management, leadership, and life. In this podcast, Terry answers questions about these topics, bringing wisdom from a kingdom perspective. Our website is quizthediz.com. Now here's the Diz. Well, I've got some good news for you today, and here it is. There's almost always a reason to do something that you're asked to do. Now, that's not always true. There's some times that uh, people ask you to do things. You're like, I ain't doing that. But a lot of times when there's somebody in leadership that's above you and says, hey, I want you to do this, there's a reason to do it beyond what you see. Let me explain what I mean by that. In 1992, I was working at WHAS Radio in Louisville. It was my dream job at 50,000 Watt AM radio station. Everybody listened. Uh, probably three or 400,000 listeners over the course of a week. It was awesome. I'd always wanted to work there, and it's where I was working. I was doing fill-in work. I was the fireman, I called myself, because anytime there was a fire, they sent me in to take care of it. That's all well and good, but I went on an Emmaus walk. Now, an Emmaus walk is a walk with the Lord over a three-day weekend. It's very quiet the first night. It is very humbling that people do all the things that they do for you during an Emmaus walk, little acts of love that they give you. And it's also a time when you're very close to the Lord and listening. And on one particular time during this Emmaus walk, I felt the Lord say to me, hey, I want you to give up your dream job, get back into Christian radio, and we're going to do some great things. Now I had been working in Christian radio up until I started working at WHAS. I'd worked at one of the original Christian FM radio stations in the country, WXLN. That was right there in Louisville too. And I loved it. But I had gotten out of that and gone to work for WHAS where I was in my dream job. As I said before, well, here's the deal. When God said move, I thought, man, I gotta go like that. My bride in her wisdom said, no, I don't think we have to move right away. I think we have to look and be open to it. And when the Lord makes an opportunity, we'll go toward that. I mean, I thought I'm going to quit my job right now. I want to be obedient. Well, in the years since, I was 31 then. I mean, I was old enough to know better, but I was 31 then, and I didn't realize that when the Lord said, I want you to do something, it didn't mean, it meant be ready to do it. Be ready at any occasion to do what the Lord asked you to do. But it was one of those, okay, we'll get to it. I just wanted you to know that's on the agenda, that's down the road somewhere. So uh, she talked me out of just jumping and going and quitting my job. People do that all the time. And can I take a little sidebar here, Your Honor? Don't do that don't be stupid wait a minute make sure that first of all that you've heard him second of all it's according to god's will in your life and third that you have not something to fall back on see i always say to people when you say i have a plan b well that's your real plan that's really what you're intending when you say well if god doesn't come through on this i'll just do this that means that if he doesn't come through on it in a particular time let's say that you're expecting him to do it and three weeks. And he's like, no, it's going to take three years. Well, nope, not going to do that. Not waiting that long. (laughs) Okay. You missed out on the good thing that God had for you. And people do that all the time. They jump before the other thing they do is they wait too long. We'll talk about that on another podcast at some time, but going back to the whole thing about changing out of my dream job into going to work in Christian radio, I didn't know what to do. I figured, well, we'll have to move somewhere, you know, some other state, some other place. I didn't know what to do, and I discussed that with Nay, and she's like, I don't know, maybe we can stay here. So several weeks, several months go go by, and I thought, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to call somebody out at the little Christian radio station in Louisville, WJIE, and I'm going to call them and say, hey, do you all know anybody that's looking to hire? Because I'm like, it won't be them, and I don't think I want to go to work for them anyway, couldn't pay me too much. I got all this negative stuff going on in my mind before I ever got started. So I give a give him a call. I get a hold of the program director. His name is Andy Haynes. and Andy is a good friend of mine to this day. And Andy's like, "Hey, uh, Terry," and he knew who I was. Now again, I said I worked on a great big radio station in Louisville, so I'm sure he'd heard me before. And he was like, "So you're looking to get into Christian radio, honey?" Huh? And, and I said, "Yeah," and he said. Well, I know I know some folks that are looking. Why don't you come out? We'll go have coffee, we'll sit down and talk about it. So I went out and sat down, and he said, "The people that are looking are us. We're looking for a morning person." I' like, really?" well, uh, I'm interested, you know, maybe that's what God's got for me. And I asked him what the thought the pay would be. And he said, I don't really know. Uh, Let me talk to Steve about it. Steve was Steve Butler, the general manager. And so a day or so later, he called me and he said, this is what we could offer you. Well, it was more than I was making at the big station like uh, and it's morning man it's kind of the high man on the totem pole this is this looks pretty good so i didn't just jump at it i went home i told nay what was going on we prayed about it and sensed it was where god wanted me to be so around labor day of 1992 yeah i had a 19 in there Uh, okay boomer you know it's a long (laughs) a long time ago so i go to work At WJIE and I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, and I was big man on campus. You know, people would tune in, and there I am, the guy that was at WHAS. I'm at WJIE now. I'm the big man. I'm the head, head, uh, grand high poobah and all that. Well, one day Steve Butler, the general manager, comes to me and he said, "I don't think you really want to work here." And I'm like, "What? Yeah, I'm enjoying myself. It's great." And he goes, "You don't act like it." Now. Steve's not that kind of guy. I've known him for 30 years and I can tell you right now, that's not something Steve would normally say to somebody, but he had to say it to me. And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you act like it's beneath you to work here. Oh, ouch. Uh, Let me get my steel toed boots on. If you're going to start stomping on my feet, I need to know what you're going to say. He said, you don't act like you want to work here, like it's beneath you. And he said, we like you being here, but if you don't start acting like you want to be here, we're going to have to find some other, some other place for you. It's not good. And I realized at the time that I hadn't submitted to anybody. I had acquiesced. I had uh, deigned uh, to come over and be part of their station when they didn't need me to be part of their station. It was a blessing for me to be part of the station. It was, I was being obedient but I wasn't being submitted. Ouch, ow, that hurt. So I asked Steve, I said, what do I do? And he told me a few things that I needed to do. I needed to accomplish more. I would go in. So in the radio parlance, production is where you're making commercials or making promos, or you're doing uh, dubbing of one tape to another. Not that they do that anymore, but you're taking care of elements of audio that are going to go on the radio station. Well, I was not doing very well at that, I would do it, but I just kind of begrudgingly and because I mean honestly, I would do more in a night at w h a s than I would do in a month at w j i e as far as production stuff goes, but he was right, I wasn't acting like I wanted to be there, and so I submitted to that and learned a lot, and a few months later he came to me and he said, "Man, I'll tell you what it's been a great improvement, it really has." He said, "You even push your chair up to the desk now." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "You may not remember this, but when you first started, you'd come in you you leave your chair out all the time, and I'd come behind you at some point and push it back in. And you probably went and wondered why in the world is my ch- desk chair always pushed up under this, you know, under the desk where it goes." And he said, "That's important to me now." I don't I didn't understand it then I do now but I didn't understand then why that was important to him well here's why it was important to him it was a sign of neatness orderliness and submission that I would learn to do that because there's no real reason for it there's no like well if you don't put your chair back under your desk it's going to fall flat you know there's there's nothing that has anything to do with anything that I would have to put my chair back there. But, you know, I still do it today. When I get up at a restaurant, when I, uh, you know, my desk chairs here in the studio, they're all, everything goes where it goes and it stays there. And that was one of the things he was trying to teach me was how to submit to authority, even when I didn't want to, even when I didn't think it was very smart, even when I thought it was beneath me to do the things that I was being asked to do. So here we are six or eight months later after the, hey, I don't think you want to be here conversation. And he said, well, I really believe that, um, you know, it's time for you to Grow in your responsibilities here at the radio station. And I'm going to give you a choice. I'd gone from I'm not submitted to now you have a choice. And here was the choice. I'm going to either train you at what I do as general manager of the radio station, or you can learn what Andy does as program director. And I liked the programming side, but I knew in my head that general management is what I wanted to do someday, because I already knew that that was a position where there was some vision, some authority, some responsibility, and quite frankly, uh, some perks. It was kind of nice to be able to tell people what to do and it is, but you know, Honestly, when you become general manager, you're like, yeah, it's not so much about telling people what to do. It is helping them learn how to do the things that they should be doing in the first place. And that's what Steve was trying to teach me. So I chose to follow him and he's a great mentor. Still a friend of mine to this day. I can call him when I have a problem or something that I need to figure out. How do you do this? And he always has a piece of insight, even though maybe he's only two or three years older than me, that I can learn from. And he's worked in television for many, many years now. But I watched him and I watched how he handled certain things that he shouldn't have had to handle with grace. He was unceremoniously fired from the radio station we were at uh, for an unrelated thing. Nothing that had to do anything with the radio station or frankly with him. It was some person at the hierarchy of the company that owned us just didn't like him and thought that he knew some things that he wasn't supposed to know and decided we're going to get rid of him and I saw him that day when he got ready to leave the radio station Uh, a bunch of us went back to his office he was weeping sitting there cleaning out his desk and uh, he never said a bad word about the people that got him fired he never said a bad word about anybody around there any of the leadership he just cleaned out his desk And at the end of the day, pushed his chair back under the desk and walked away. That was one of the greatest lessons I ever got as a young man, was that your integrity has everything to do with it. And I went through a similar thing several weeks later. I was fired for knowing something that I wasn't supposed to know about some business operation that was going on uh, at the radio station. And That day when I got fired, I went back to WHAS, where I had come from, Big Station. I had been helping them over the years run the Kentucky Derby broadcast that they did. It was a very long day. It was, I don't know, 18 hours that we were on the air talking about uh, the Kentucky Derby and all the things going on with it, and traffic in and out, and all the celebrities are there, and all that kind of stuff. So every year, even though I was working at the Christian station, I would go back to the big station and and run the control board for them, kind of organize things as we went along. I wasn't on the air; I was just hitting buttons, and uh, they they had liked me doing that. So I went back to the radio station that day for a meeting, and I was supposed to be there, and. Um, at the end of the meeting, I found the program director. His name was Skip Essek. And I said, Hey, Skip, can I talk to you for a minute? Um, I got fired this morning. Have you got any hours that I can pick up for a while until find something new? And he said, Oh, you want to work? Yeah. I've got all the hours you want. You come to work for us. And you know why I got that opportunity because of my integrity of never talking down about somebody that was there. I was always tried to be and this didn't always happen but I always tried to be honest about the things that were going on so the next day I get fired one morning the next day I'm on the afternoon show at WHAS I'd gone from my 25,000 or so listeners to my uh, co-worker his name is Terry also Terry Miners I went to his radio show and he probably had 225 or 250,000 listeners at any one time So I went from one to the other in a day, and yet I never said anything about getting fired at the Christian radio station. And the reason I didn't is because integrity. I didn't want to leave a bad taste in somebody's mouth about something that I had said. As a matter of fact, one of the guys that was involved in me getting fired, I saw probably four or five years ago, and he was grousing about something that he had heard on the radio station at uh, the big radio station. And I said, I want you to remember something, that I was on the air the next day myself. I had a 50,000-watt microphone, and I never said anything bad about you, and I never will. I'm not going to do that. I know that we're given platforms and uh, abilities in life that we can say things and we can do things that will affect us for the rest of our lives if we're not careful. I see that happen all the time. And when I say careful, I don't mean like you're full of care. I just mean that you need to be cautious about some of the things that you say and do and how you submit to authority and how teachable and coachable are you. And I say that all the time. I see people that uh, are being trained in sales that aren't teachable and coachable. Well, I, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, great. If I've got a guy that's making $500,000 a year selling widgets, and I go to work there and I know more than him, that's a dangerous position to be in, my friend. It's a very bad position to be in. You need to submit to be trainable, to be coachable, and you'll be amazed at where you'll get. And if you're teachable and trainable and coachable, a lot of times those that are teaching and training and coaching you. We'll ask for your advice later on. They'll see how well you do. And then they will refer you to others to teach and train and coach them. And that's how you become influential. I'll tell you one more quick story. I worked in the car business for a month in the 80s and a month in the 90s. And it's almost a colloquialism that the new guy sells more cars than anybody else at a dealership. You know why? Because he's listening to the boss and the boss knows how to sell cars. But after a month or so, they begin to know the little ins and outs and ups and downs, and they've listened to the little Twitterers over on the side tell them how they were you know, not doing this right, or I'd never do that, Ba ba ba. And they begin to fail. Why? Because they've gone from being teachable and trainable and coachable to just another one of the salespeople that they'll sell some, but they won't excel. They'll sell, but they won't excel. Well, if you want to excel in life, you have to be teachable and trainable and coachable. And might I say it, you probably need to push the chair back when you get up from the table. Well, that's something I wanted you to know today. How important it is to have those qualities in your life. My website is quizthediz.com. You can reach me at my email at terry at quizthedis.com. Hey, would you subscribe to your to our podcast and let your friends know about Quiz the Be sure to rate it on your favorite podcast app. And remember this: God has a plan for you, and we're here to help you find it. The Quiz the Diz podcast is produced by Prosper Leadership. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe and let your friends know about Quiz the Diz.